My boner is in my belly. Welcome to Geeks Without God with Nick Glover, Tim Wick, and Molly Glover. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. This week on Geeks Without God, it's a geeky boners episode. We're going to talk about Superman, gardening, and the Fast and the Furious franchise? No, that can't be right. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Hi, welcome to Geeks Without God. I'm your host, Nick Glover. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Molly Glover. Hello. And Tim Wick. I didn't fuck it up. (laughs) And this week is a Geeky Boners episode. Yeah! Yay! If you are new to our podcast or you haven't heard a Geeky Boners episode before... Uh, it is just a way we can talk about something that we're really jazzed about lately, uh, something that has us uh, metaphorically engorged with nerdy excitement um, for, for you know, f- recently. Right? Yeah, that's probably the first time in five years we've explained what yeah, a Geeky Boner episode is. I thought we were overdue. People yeah. are probably, somewhere someone's just listening and it's like, why do they keep talking about their, their turgid, tumescent members? Yeah. Like... I'm very confused by this sex positive. It's a, it's a it's a metaphor. <laughs> yeah. For, yeah, but um, so uh, in this geeky boners episode, we'll all talk about uh, whatever we're really excited about lately. So, yeah, Molly. Ooh. What are you excited about lately? What's your geeky boner? Oh, I'm excited to go first. Uh, so my geeky boner is our backyard. Oh. Uh, I am all about. So we have recently moved, and the dog and the cat are wrestling. Uh, I recently, <laughs> we recently moved to a new house uh, here in Minneapolis, and we have, uh, for the first time in our, I mean, in my adult life, really, a yeah, full same. yard. Uh, it is fenced in. We we don't have any grass in the backyard at all. We have grass in the front, but it's it's you know it's patchy. It's whatever. It's Business in the front, and party in the exactly. back. Exactly, and that party in the back is a fenced-in yard that has a big deck and a patio, and then a lot of uh, landscaping area around the edges, right? And it was when we moved in, it was all mulch and dead leaves, uh, and then we found out there were a lot of hostas planted in certain areas. But uh, we there was a lot of space and plants that we, we didn't really. Loves, so we dug them up. Like, you know those uh, plants that make the snowball flowers that turn into tumbleweeds at the end of the year? Oh, yeah. You know those things? Fucking hate those things. So we dug some of those up. But we planted a bunch of stuff, and Nick built some amazing planter boxes by knocking together two-by-fours and, you know, and... Sixes. Two-by-sixes. And four-by-fours. Uh, and four-by-fours. Put some wood. Uh, he nailed the wood, and he, he drilled it, yeah. and he screwed it. I screwed it. No, screwed, no nails. Took the wood, and he screwed it. My boner is about Nick screwing wood. Uh, his metaphor is doing anything for you. Yeah. But uh, he made uh, four big garden planters, and uh, and then we had uh, we decided we were going to plant a bunch of vegetables, because that's what we'd always wanted to do. Uh, so we have uh, in the boxes, and then along the side of the, the yard, we have uh, tomatoes, Hot peppers, many varieties. We have eggplant. We have two kinds of Brussels sprouts. We have cabbage. We have uh, like Minnesota melons, which are they appear to be like a sweet cantaloupe variety, like a mini miniature. They're called Minnesota mini melons. Uh, we have a a kind of spinach. We have a planter full of lettuces, various lettuces. 
And we have a we planted a a Nanking cherry bush. So we're gonna have cherries. We have strawberries in a couple of years, but we have strawberries, raspberries, uh, lavender, basil, Thai basil, uh, rosemary, sage, and a lilac bush that's not edible, but we're excited about. You you can eat them eventually, so that'll be great. Maybe we'll make some some like. Uh, syrup or we something. also have dill, cilantro, and cucumbers. So uh, I am very excited to and make zucchinis. and zucchinis. So we can make our own pickles with our own dill and our own cilantro or our own cucumbers. <laughs> We've been using fresh cilantro. We picked the Thai basil. Cilantro and made, made really good stir fry. Cilantro, cilantro. Sauce and Pfeffer Incorporated. <laughs> um, oh. <laughs> but but it's really great. And what's really fun, too, is like, you know, it means we have to do shit like weeding, you know? And like we had just today, we had to figure out a way to put uh, a cage of netting over the strawberry plants because there are uh, fearless squirrels and chipmunks in Minneapolis and they will eat all your shit. And so they, and we, we've been spraying them with cayenne pepper or a capsaicin liquid, basically, that is like you put in bird seed. Spraying it's, around places they go. I don't think I've actually sprayed one directly yet, but I did try on that. We did, yeah, I did but try once. We are spraying the plants so that when they, because the thing is, uh, capsaicin affects mammals, but not birds. So you can put it in bird seed, and then the squirrels eat bird seed, and they're like, hot, don't like, but the birds don't have, they have no they don't idea. They give a crap, yeah. So, but that's why we had to put the netting up, because even if we had the, the the capsaicin spray on the uh, fruits and stuff, the, the birds would still come at them. Mm-hmm. So, very cool. I'm very, been reading about like, you know, how to prune Brussels sprouts to make them grow right and, you know, and how, what you like, what you have to stake and what you need to spread out. And we got trellises for the zucchinis and the cucumbers. And it's just been super fun. Um, my, my dad had a garden space. My dad and my mom, but my dad was the one who mostly did it uh, when I was a kid. But I didn't, you know, have any responsibility for it. So it was a very, you know, uh, like passing fancy level of, of, of things. So this has been really cool. And, and it was expensive because we bought a lot of plants and soil and lumber. And, okay, we bought lumber in this economy? I know. It wasn't cedar. They're not cedar boxes. No. We're, not, we're not Rockefellers yeah. over here. <laughs> but, but it was. But think about how much you're going to save with that food that you're growing in your garden. It'll be never exactly. mind. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, and it's, what's cool, too, is because we have, we're in Minneapolis, we have uh, organics recycling which is composting that you don't have to do yourself. So we have, uh, it's basically you buy these biodegradable bags and you throw any food waste, paper towels, Kleenex, animal hair. So the Klikai gets brushed a lot and all that hair goes in there. And it's just like our garbage has been really reduced. So knowing I'll be able to cut down those plants and you can put them in there. And so none of it's going to go to waste no matter what. Uh, it's really nice. It's crazy how much our waste got reduced when we moved out of the suburbs and back into the Minneapolis. Yeah, like yeah. it's really dramatic. Yep. And more so than have. I've been I've been just like super excited about the gardening. I love it's so dumb. Like well we had like we we had salad the other night and it was like this is our lettuce. Like we grew oh, this yeah. lettuce, this is our lettuce. And it you, you, does it taste different from store lettuce? No, other than the pride. You know, like, I mean, does lettuce taste pride at all? Is, yeah. Pride is pretty delicious. It's pretty though. good, well, yeah. It's, yeah. And it's like, I mean, 
don't know about you, Tim, but sometimes it's like, awesome, we bought a bunch of romaine hearts, and they're gone, and they're and they're they went bad. Yeah, like, yeah. Like they, they can go bad so Gotta fast. Gotta get a bag of but, spring mix so I can yeah, throw it away. I mean, in four seriously, days. wish yeah. I didn't hate gardening so much because growing my own lettuce really is something I ought to do. I'll lettuce. send you home with some lettuce too. Uh, <laughs> lettuce is super fucking easy. But yeah, yeah. it's and so like in in Eden Prairie, we did have I, I may have even made it a boner previously, but we did have like a planter box mm-hmm. that we had like a freestanding planter that I would try to grow everything in. Yeah, we crowded it. Yeah, and so it's it's just really exciting to have all this space and just to also have turned the backyard into something that was ours. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it, it would have been really easy to just leave it and be like, yeah, that's just all, it's all this mulch and, you know, we don't have to worry about it. But instead it's like, I get to go look at all my progress on my little, on like all the melons are really growing. And we finally got rain in Minnesota uh, we hadn't had rain for something like, it was like 20 days without rain. In our rainiest month. And, and it was so hot. And so it was like, it was a lot of work to do the garden. I mean, I was having to water it every day. And it's a lot of stuff to water. So it took a long time. And and, uh, and then it rained finally. And it's just like, oh, it was so, everything grew so much. Well, and so you are, you are a very outdoor person. Yes. And I am. I would a, live outside of I am day. a very indoor person. Yes. However... Gardening is an activity that I enjoy, and so it is an outdoor activity that we can do together that yep. I can join you on, and I know you really love that. Yes, I do. I actually really like being outside with you, so it's 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 really great. Anyway, uh, my throbbing, green, viney, fruiting, flowering boner. Go to it's the a doctor. Green, green, yeah. green thumb-shaped boner. Yeah, but it's like... Like like the Hulk's thumb, like yeah, it's big. Swamp it's, thing dong. Like imagine like a really big zucchini, but like also it's got I don't know strawberry lumps on it. That's not good. I should go All see right, a yeah. doctor. Yeah, 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 yeah. This analogy this, this is really getting this away from us here. Tim, I hope your boner is less medically con- uh, concerning. <laughs> um, what what are you thrilled about right now? Uh, you know, a lot. I was trying to think because there are a lot of things that I've kind of been super excited about but what i will uh say that i'm going to focus on for this podcast for the purposes of this podcast uh is uh i've been doing a rewatch of uh superman the animated series oh, oh fun which was inspired after we watched the snyder cut um, okay. and i was like i want to watch some superman that's good yeah so cleanser. <laughs> so i i'm about uh two-thirds of the way through season two um i mean it's not like i'm not like sitting there binging it i've been watching it an episode here an episode there it's just it's a really good series that gets superman yeah and the main reason i was watching it i mean s- literally the reason i was watching it was because I wanted to watch the first Mr. Mix- Mixie Spitlick episode. Oh, sure. Because I think it's so great. I, I love that episode. Mixie Plixic? Mixie Plixic. Mixie Plixic. Yeah, however you pronounce it. Max Plixic. He tells you, and it goes by yeah. so fast that. Yeah. But. Uh, Mixie Plixit. Mixie Plixit, whatever it is. I think. Uh, but I, it's, a, it's a really fun episode with Gilbert Gottfried. Uh, yeah, I forgot he voices him. It's so perfect. It he's is. Mr. Mixie Plixit. He's, he's Mr. Mixie Mixie. <laughs> Mr. Meow Mix? He's Sir, Mr. Mitsubishi. He's, he's Sir Mix-a-Lot. Anyway, yeah. um, he's... Uh, okay, now that would be funny. <laughs> I like big butts, and I just can't lie. Scared peaches. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, the, the Art Deco aesthetic that they oh, do yeah. for Metropolis is really just visually, visually right 
for Superman, the way, you know, I think, pardon, sorry, Ron, but uh, I don't think Zack Snyder gets Superman no. at all. No, no. I don't think he he's, barely gets Batman. I don't he think he, get Batman. well, he doesn't get Batman either. But, but the way he doesn't get Superman is so, yeah. so far off base. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And H- hope. I mean, uh, people people summarize it as like truth, justice in the American way, but like people don't understand what that means. And the the, the thing about Superman and the thing about uh, the animated series, of course, you know, there's so often that he's going up against an enemy that's just like. Pounding the shit out of him, you know, <laughs> and he just stands up and takes it again until yeah. he, he <laughs> figures out how to how to. Yeah, I mean, speaking of boners, right? <laughs> um, anyway, but but the thing about Superman is he's just that character that's going to take a beating, yeah, and come back and find a way to win because he's always fighting for something. Yeah. Well, and also like. He knows that he can obliterate most things, right? So he doesn't. He was taught by his parents to turn the other cheek. He was taught by his parents to try to find another way to resolve the conflict without just using his powers to literally destroy, beat the shit out, you know. Like, and so, yeah, that's to me the Superman. Yeah, yeah. it's like if if you're the 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 Superman. Um, Fight at the end of not, not Superman Returns, the Zack Snyder first Superman film. That anyway, yeah, where they're, yeah. Where they're knocking down Metropolis. Man of Steel. It's like Superman would be doing everything in his power to not let that happen. Right. He would take um, that flight to space. Right, exactly, yeah. Yeah. exactly. And that's why he would be losing. Yeah, you know, and that he would be more worried about the the, the people and honestly even the buildings because yeah. like, they built those buildings. Yeah. Like Zod would be Zod would be trying to take out as many people as possible. Yeah, because he doesn't give a crap and because he recognizes that Superman is always going to be trying to do the opposite. Exactly, and that would have been a really compelling fight. Yeah, okay. If 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 Superman's biggest weakness from Zod's perspective is his need to help people. Uh, and so just preying on that weakness. Yep, yep. It is um, kind of his business biggest weakness, that and magic. Yeah, that well and also electricity. Uh live and his wire, name backwards or something no, backwards. That's that's Mixie <laughs> mi, mi, Mixel Spatlick. Um Mixie Spatula. Anyway, Mixie um, Spatula. So so I, I just really love the way that series gets Superman. And it gets that Superman because you know, there is this tendency to think that Superman's overpowered. Good Lex um, Luthor, too. A good Lex Luthor. Really? Clan- Clancy Brown. Yeah. Clancy Brown. Mm. Fucking awesome yeah. as Lex mm-hmm. Luthor. Also, he... I mean, yeah, you can tell Clark's got it for Lois Lane. Yeah. yeah. But it's not all about just rescuing Lois Lane every episode. No. Right, she's not um, a damsel. And he, he does have to rescue Lois Lane because she's a reporter and she well, gets herself into trouble. Sure, but she gets herself into trouble. She's not being used as a pawn by enemies. Right. Just, yeah. It, it happens, but not yeah. much. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it's it's a uh, and, and and you've got enemies that recognize Superman's weaknesses and are trying to exploit them, mm-hmm. and Superman countering, you know. So they have um, 
a character called Parasite mm-hmm. who can touch people and steal their their powers. Mm. Um, and uh, kind of a rogue, kind of a rogue. And and I just watched an episode where he teams up with Livewire, who's mm. a, an electricity based villain. Yeah, and, and that's another weakness of Superman's is is electricity. So. You know, he he goes to fight these two, and he knows they're together. And he's come up with this like clear clear plastic suit yeah. that he's wearing, and they're like going up to Grammy. He's like, ha ha, screw y'all, doesn't work. He's not stupid. He's not stupid. He comes up with he comes up with solutions he's, to the enemies that he has to he's fight. He's not Batman smart, but Superman isn't stupid. It's just right. like Cap. Like when they when they made Captain yeah. America like a dummy. Who's just like a soldier, and it's, it's like, no, yeah. he's like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, yeah. But, uh, brilliant like strategist. People forget that like two of the most powerful things about Captain America are his like leadership and training skills and his str- strategic mind. And that's and that's the thing with with Superman. People forget that like his two. I feel like is in my interpretation of one of you know, the Superman is like his biggest like uh, boons are his his heart. And the fact that he cares, compassion, and his so, so therefore his compassion, and then also just the fact that his strength is innate. It's not yeah. something he has to pretend at, right? He doesn't have to prove it. He knows yeah. he's strong. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyway, HBO Max. Okay. Mm. Superman the Animated Series. I do not, because I, I, I haven't looked, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if Batman the Animated Series and Batman it's, Beyond are on there too. Yeah, they are. Um, which I will probably go back and watch after I it's get like, through Superman. Batman TAS is. Is my favorite Batman. More like and, HBO Max girth achieved, am I right? Like, yeah, oh. HBO Max. Yeah, yeah. Speaking sure. of HBO Max, yeah, yeah. Nick, Actually, what's got you rock su- solid, tumescent, su- turgid? Surprisingly little of my boner resides on HBO Max. Less wow. of it than I'd wish, actually. Uh, so my boner is really weird. Um, I know, I know, uh, but I love you anyway, and it's, we're, we're working through it. I uh, very against type. And counter to my own taste, or I would even say interests in general. Or like wife's sexual proclivities. Right. I have decided to watch the Fast and Furious franchise. <laughs> I have not seen a single movie in, in you know, I mean, that's like a, it's like a 20, almost 20-year-old 20 franchise yeah, at this point. Yeah, neither of us has seen uh, a single And I haven't seen a single movie from it up until like the past week and a half or week or two. And I still haven't. Uh, and Molly still has it. Because, like, uh, uh, car chases make you anxious. Super fucking anxious. Uh, And since every single one of these movies is effectively a two-hour car chase. Yeah, the last time I... uh, When I realized that was watching The Italian Job. Oh, yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm good. I don't like this. And so, yeah, they make me super nervous. Uh, So, and I need stuff to watch alone sometimes or have in the background at work. Uh, Sometimes I have really tedious stuff to do. And it's good to have something on to kind of half pay attention to. Um, and so uh, I've been watching the Fast and Furious franchise. I'm watching them in the order in which they came out. I'm not watching them in the order in which things happen, which is slightly different because or like the Steitler order. Uh, well, so <laughs> so Tokyo Drift happens between six and seven, even huh. though it's the third movie, because the character Han Lu who is uh, the chip-eating cool guy in Tokyo Drift, is featured as a part of Dominic uh, Vin Diesel's crew for the for the other movies up until 6. Um, oh, but, but Tokyo Drift is when he has left the crew to, he go, dies to, to go to in, Tokyo. He dies in Tokyo Drift. Ah! Um, so, um... Spoiler! 
Right? Yeah. Well, these movies are so old. I'm not really worried about spoiling. They're also not great. So, like, yeah. you know, you're not losing a cinematic masterpiece. So, the the first one is Point Break. Like, just straight up. It's Point yeah. Break. It's, it's you know, a cop infiltrating, you know, drivers instead of servers. You could also say Sherlock Holmes. But becoming <laughs> enamored with their with their way of life. Right, yeah. Recognizing and, that there really is honor among thieves and yeah. these aren't. They're and real the end, people with real, like, they have a, a and rough... At, and at the end, he lets him go and, you know, surf off into the sunset in his Dodge Charger. I'm shooting my gun yeah. at the... Uh... He, he, he throws his keys to him instead of shooting his gun up in the mm. air, yeah. So um, so the first one is, is not my cup of tea, but whatever. Uh, the second one is truly the worst movie of the franchise. <laughs> um, the third one, Tokyo Drift, is... Hold on, I will just say, the second one focuses on the cop and his cop life, right? Yes. And his cop stuff. Yep. So it's possible if someone was less anti-cop or, or more mm. of a cop enthusiast, they might enjoy that movie? Actually, he's not a cop in the second one. He's lost his badge, Oh I no. think, and he's... Yeah. So, um, so it's just bad. Right. Okay. It's just bad. Uh, it's uh, so Paul Walker and Vin Diesel are like both as the the protagonist. They are the least interesting parts of the of the movies for sure, um, and and at least half of that is only something you need to worry about for you know six or seven movies, right? Um, but uh, so Tokyo Drift. Uh, if you ignore the fact that the main character is a forty two year old teenager, and in fact if you could remove him from the movie. Uh, Bow Wow, a.k.a. Lil Bow Wow, uh, plays a character named Twinkie, and Han Lu is a character that was his debut. If you could make the movie just about those two, it would be my favorite. They are amazing characters. They're really entertaining. Um, so Tokyo Drift, not bad. Uh, Fast and the Furious 4, eh, it's, it's, it's pretty mediocre. It's where they come back to Dominic. They're like, wait a minute, you know, we can't just do movies without Vin Diesel. We need to do them with Vin Diesel, I guess. Because uh, he's not in two or three. But isn't that where they start adding like The Rock and Jason Statham? Yeah. Well, they add The Rock in uh, five. So okay. um, uh, four is where they start to kind of turn it more into heist movies. And and uh, five is where the shit starts to get ridiculous. Uh, like in five, they are dragging a 10-ton <laughs> vault safe behind two muscle cars <laughs> down the highway. And like... Turning their cars to like drift the safe into other cars and just fucking annihilating them with a ten-ton safe, <laughs> like like this is where they start to so be like funny. physics doesn't matter where you're like, in a car. It doesn't matter that two cars are gonna somehow pull this ten. Yeah, it's, right, it's, right, yeah, yeah. Um, ten tons is never. But what's gonna happen is they're gonna go to the end of the chain and then bam, there go right. the axles. And then yeah, yeah the wheels are going to You know, they, they clearly make a point to show that the back of the cars are braced in some way Oh, they're reinforced. This. Oh, yes. sure they are. Well, yes. sure and, and there are a lot of things in this movie about, you know, them taking the time to customize and do mechanic stuff to the car. Yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, they're all about that. And um, But the other cast of characters, the supporting people in the crew, in the family... It's a family. ...are, are really great. Uh, Ludacris's character, Taj, is awesome. He's, like, the mechanic guy in a lot of the movies. Um, and... Uh, like I watching these movies, I can understand why people were excited when they said uh, Gal Gadot was going to be Wonder Woman because she's in these movies as a former Mossad uh, agent mm. who is now like a, a thief, 
you know, a, a driving thief spy, you know, with like everyone else is. Um, <laughs> that's pretty easy. Driving thief spy. I want a movie that's just that's driving thief spy. That's Fast and Furious Six, Tim. Okay. Um. So, yeah. I mean, like they're silly movies. They're not serious movies. I wouldn't go so far as to say like they're really good movies in any way. But I, I am absolutely enjoying them. Uh, I, I would say so far, having seen the first six. Six is the best, then Tokyo Drift, then mm-hmm. five, four, mm-hmm. then one, and two is the worst. Yeah. So and, and there's so you still have seven, eight, and nine's the new one? I have seven, eight, nine, Hobbs and Shaw. Or, no, sorry, seven and eight. Yep. Which is seven is just uh, Furious Seven. Yep. And then it's the fate of the Furious. The fate is of eight. eight. The fate yep. of And then fate after is. eight is the spin-off, Hobbs and Shaw. Yep. And Which then, I've heard is amazing. My boss loves that movie. It's, an a, it's a superhero it's, action movie. It's, it's a, fine. It's, action buddy it's cop. Not, it's not. It, I mean, it's... It, 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 what, it, the best, it's, it's good and loud. That's yeah. what it is. It's right. good and loud. You then, know? If you're expecting more, you're, yeah. why would you? Yeah. Uh, and then Nine is the one that comes out soon. And then the final movie in the franchise, in the main franchise, will be was supposed to come out this year. But it, it, obviously it's delayed because Nine is just yet yeah, coming yeah. out next week. So, um, and then they're set to do two more spinoffs. One is just uh, focused on the women characters. Mm. Um, I think that's like Letty and Mia and, you know, Gal Gadot's dead, so and not And they her. all become Victoria's Secret Angels. <laughs> right? And they, oh my uh, God. they take it back from Megan Rabinow. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> it's, it's interesting. I, um, a part yeah. of the reason why I decided to watch them was I saw trailers for Nine, and I saw them running through the streets with some sort of high-powered magical magnets on their cars, dragging things out of buildings by turning the magnets on in their cars, but somehow it doesn't, like, just drag their car into things. And I was like, well, high-speed magnet chase, all right, I want to see that, (laughs) but I kind of want to see the rest to get to that point. But I need to understand the plot. (laughs) And we have a lot of friends that really enjoy these movies, and I wanted to know what they they saw. Yeah, friend friend of the show, Wendy Bowlesby, uh, did, like, a watch watch series with some friends down in Austin and friend and of the show Bill Steitler once uh, before a, a PowerPoint karaoke uh, talked at me for about 15 minutes about why these movies are actually cinematic masterpieces yeah. and I mean I've, I've seen Hobbs and Shaw and I've seen one and I haven't seen anything else and I, I would like to uh, have you been renting them on Prime or? I have my ways <laughs> Aha, <laughs> and I would say that having your ways, whether that's services that you already have or you're borrowing the movies from a friend or whatever, are probably the best ways to watch them. I don't know that I would watch them if I had to pay money for them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, all you know, right. whatever. Take that. Take that for what it is. Um, but yeah, I. Uh, so apparently, the character Han Lu is also in a movie that. Um, Lin, I can't remember his first name, one of the directors of, of some of the movies and the, the new one coming out, uh, did. So they've added that as a part of the franchise. They're like, it's the same actor playing the same character in a different movie. It has nothing to do with Fast and the Furious other than that, but it is considered a part of the movies. And so I'll be watching that as well. And that is apparently like a really good movie. So what I'm hearing is Nick Boner go fast. <laughs> Nick Bonner go fast. Nick Bonner go furious. Fast Bonner. Yeah. <laughs> Nick Bonner is so mad. Nick Bonner yeah, is so I, angry. I would. My two challenges to people, if you're going to watch these movies or rewatch these movies, is 
Uh, I would do this if I were going to rewatch them, but I don't think I ever plan on rewatching them. So if you go back and rewatch these movies, do me a favor, count these two things. Turn on the captions and count how many times the text descriptions say tires squeal. <laughs> because I had them on for the last two movies and it was it was like every 30 seconds the screen was like tire squeal. So I want to know, how often does that happen? I also want to know how often they have an establishing shot that starts with the camera following women's asses in swimsuits and then leads to a character in a car, like like posing in a car and that's where the scene actually takes place. But they, they, don't, they don't just start on that shot. They establish the shot by the camera following in like two or more women in bikinis or in Tokyo Drift, you know, not bikinis, but very short skirts or what have you. Uh, and then the camera then leads to Vin Diesel in a car and him talking about, you know, family. I think it was Because I think it's like a couple times a movie. I think Fred of the Show, Melissa Character, I believe on one of your posts about this, said that that is a deliberate thing that becomes part of the oeuvre. Uh, oh, really? After a certain point. I didn't notice that she said that. And, okay, uh, I'm that's not sure. Great. I think it was Melissa. It might have been Wendy. But it said that like it becomes plot relevant at some point. Interesting. Like, all right. Yeah, 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 I love yeah. that it could become plot relevant. Yeah. That's Those great. are amazing. But, I think we all have very good boners. Yeah. yeah my boner is fantastic. <laughs> my boner is growing bigger every day. <laughs> my boner yeah. is an import, which makes Vin Diesel's character mad because he likes American. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Nick's boner uh, is about family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gross. It's a family, <laughs> <a> family boner. <laughs> my boner is powered by nitrous oxide. All right. Uh, Molly, we have five questions from a listener. We do. We have five questions from our friend, Adulterated Evil. Hey. Yeah. I right. challenge anyone to send in as many questions as Adulterated Evil has. Right? They I are know. The, the champion, the patron, not it's saint true. of it's true. five questions. You could, you right. could win uh, something for doing so, that. So, <laughs> he says, salutations once again, geeks. This week, I've got five hard-hitting questions guaranteed to leave you lacrimating like a colicky neonate. Oh, oh boy. My wife is a lovely woman, but there are a lot of TV shows and movies she just will not watch with me. Mm. Quite often, this is because she's afraid they will make her cry. She even wants to avoid happy tears. I've never really understood this because I think if something stirs enough emotion in me to cause tears of joy or sadness, that's an indication that it is well written or acted. Sometimes I'm not even sure why I'm crying. So here's hoping there's not a dry eye on the podcast by the end of my questions. All right. All right. Question one. First things first. Do you like when media brings you to tears? And I'll read. He has answered these. So I'll read you his answers. He says, my answer seems obvious to my earlier statement. Yes. So, guys, do you like when media brings you to tears? No. No? You don't like You don't like it? I, it's, I don't enjoy being sad. All being right. sad as a, in my entertainment is not really something I am seeking out. Do you ever cry from being joyful or, or from just having an overwhelming amount I, of emotion? I will I will cry when the music gets intense in a Star Wars trailer. Okay. 
Okay. Like, like yeah. I am definitely most. Do you of, like that? I I really don't mind it at all. Okay. Okay. So it's, it doesn't. It, you don't like it when it's a sad, makes you cry, but you don't mind when it brings you to tears for emotional reasons. No, absolutely not. Uh, emotional like swelling, I guess, yes. is probably what makes me cry more than anything else. Sitting for, for the boners episode. Emotional yeah. swelling. All right. <laughs> all right. Tim, what about you? Do you uh, like when media brings you to tears? I mean, I I'm gonna say I don't mind it, but I I mean. Crying makes me snotty, and I don't like that. <laughs> so I mean, I, it, it's not like it's not like I'm angry when it happens, but it's not. I, I'm never looking forward. To yeah, it. I would say I don't. I don't seek out things that will make me cry, but I I cry. I don't cry very easily from regular things, but I do from like media things. So yeah. yeah. Uh, especially if I have my period. Uh, it is unfair. It is, <laughs> it is unfair. All right, question two. What book or books bring tears to your eyes? And was it only on the initial read or on rereads? There are many candidates for me, but I'll cut it down to one series. The Wheel of Time books have many scenes that uh. have caused me to whip out a handkerchief. To name a few, uh, spoilers, uh, Perrin's Wedding, Noel's Last Words, Nine Knaves Seen with the Malkier Jewel Merchants, Niagara Falls, Frankie Angel, every time. Mm. So, what book or books bring tears to your eyes, and was it only on the initial or rereads as well? There, there is a comic, a specific issue of a, of a series, a complete series, that's old enough where I don't feel like this is a spoiler, except for it's being adapted to a television show soon, so uh, it's not just the initial read, but every single time... This one particular character dies in Why the Last Man. Mm. I cry. Mm-hmm. And it's Ampersand. Mm-hmm. When Ampersand dies, it makes me cry every time. And even thinking about it right now is making me tear up. Yep. Yep. Ampersand is, is the monkey, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, I similarly, uh, yes, the, the Stephen King, Peter Straub book, The Talisman. Oh. Um, multiple parts make me cry, but in particular, when Wolf dies. Yeah. Uh, and, and I've probably read that book 15 or 16 times. And as of, I, I, start, I read it for the first time when I was maybe 11. And uh, as of just a few years ago, yes, it, it made me cry when I read it. It will always make me cry. It is, it is there's a bunch of books for me. There's a, there's, mm. I could name many books, but um, that, is, that is one of them. Uh, as has been discussed on this podcast frequently, most of the books I read are nonfiction, and therefore it is very difficult for me to come up with an answer for this. Sure. But I, I will say that uh, High Fidelity by Nick, Nick Hornsby mm. made me cry from laughter. He, sure. He, he writes really funny shit. Have you read his other books? Because I think you'd love I've them. I've read about a boy. I haven't yeah. read much other than uh, that. But, also, uh, uh, Long Way Down is great. Anyway, he, his prose is fucking hilarious yes. the way he, he writes. And I know it's not exactly the question you're asking. No, but it yeah, is. Yeah. Literally tears from laughing. It's He's the only author that makes me laugh out loud while, I, while I'm reading. Tears are tears because the thing yeah. is, laughing and crying come from the same place. Yep. You know, they, mm. they have that They have that same... You, it's a belly laugh or a belly sob. Like, it's a very similar... Yeah. Mm. All right. Uh, question three. What movie or movies can cause you to leak like a sieve? Once again, there are many options for this one. A plethora of nasty old directors who just want to see me cry. Don't laugh, but the one I can always count on to bring tears is Independence Day. The moment when Randy Quaid says, tell my children I love them. Randy freaking Quaid makes me well up. I'm sorry, man. I will laugh at that. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> 
So what's a movie or movies that make you cry? Uh, mine is a movie that I refuse to watch. Oh, so I, I don't know if it'll make me cry again, but, um, oh, fuck, I forgot the name. The Bjork movie. Dancer in the Dark. Won't watch it anymore. <laughs> Saw it once, made me cry. I don't want to be that depressed. That movie <laughs> made me so fucking sad that I could not enjoy the movie and I never want to see it again. It's not a bad movie. It's a good movie. I just never want to see it again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, boy, I got a lot of answers for this. Yeah. And I, I, I am not trying to make fun of you for enjoying Independence Day. I, I like Independence Day. I just thought that does not make me cry. That's fair. But, uh, but uh, I mean, like the the Lord of the Rings trilogy, when you get to the uh, My Friends, You Bow to No One mm-hmm. scene, I mean, that's... Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't care. Manipulative as shit, but mm-hmm. it still, it still works. But the thing, and we talk about it in the animated movies uh, thing. Uh, my dad died when I was young. Uh-huh. Movies with people losing their father make me cry, really ugly tears. Mm-hmm. And Big Fish is a movie. Oh boy! That I I won't watch again. I watched it twice. I think it's great. Yeah. I love it until the ending, which makes me ball. Yeah. And so I just don't watch it anymore. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, I, same as Tim, many movies. I, again, also, not just from sadness. I cry. Uh, I have a tendency to cry when I'm overwhelmed yeah. with, with feeling. Uh, uh, I cry every time Han Solo dies. Mm. I cry every time Ray lights the lightsaber. For the first time. Uh, for yeah. the first time. So yep. Force Awakens is, is big for me in that way. Um, but also Lilo and Stitch. The first oh. time I saw Lilo and Stitch... Uh, when she's rock, when the the sister is rocking Lilo and and singing to her, uh, when the first time I saw that, my sister was like four, and and uh, my sister almost died when she was a very small toddler. She she got uh, E. coli and her one of her kidneys. Uh, she, I mean, she seriously, she almost died, and yeah. I, I, I cried and cried. I haven't seen it since, similarly, because yeah. it made me so sad. Um, but yeah, I, I can, I, I like, I, I don't know, I don't mind. It, it, it tips me over and it never bothers me. But I, I cry a lot. I, there movies. are a lot of things that I don't mind. I mean, like, like the Star Wars things you mentioned, also yeah. are things that make me cry. Every time yeah. I've seen Ray like that saber for the first time, it makes me cry a bit. Yeah. But uh, there's a difference between. I don't know, like being crying because you're sad or overwhelmed, yeah. and like whatever dancer in the dark. Yeah, fucking <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that's that's what I mean. It's, it's like soul crushing. Big big fish makes me ugly cry. Yeah, yeah. it's like that. Yeah. Nope, not interested in doing that. And for me, every time it's like I'm just thinking about it, but it's when Han it's when Han reaches out and touches Ben's oh, face yeah. for that last time. Yeah, and uh, I'm like Kylo's face. Yeah, no, <laughs> he's touching Ben's face, and that's what gets me. It's just like he's like that's my son, and it just I don't even have kids, and that kills me. Yeah. All right, uh, question four. What song makes you wail like a guitar? My choice for this one is That's My Job by Conway Twitty. When I was a kid, this song was on the jukebox at a diner we often ate at. I played it whenever I had a quarter. It's a song about a father's job being to care for his kids. These days when I hear it, even though it's about a father's love, I think about my mother who has passed away. So it's a song that makes you cry. None. No songs make you cry. I don't... I can't think... I mean... Other than, like I said, like sometimes, like John Williams' music welling up at an emotional part of Star Wars, Mm. even a trailer has Mm -hmm. made me cry, but I don't think that's necessarily the music. I think the music is definitely helping manipulate my emotions to make me cry, Mm -hmm. but I I don't think there's any music that makes me cry. Hmm. 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 Uh, Similarly, yeah, music does not 
I mean, I have an emotional response to it, but not not that powerful. The only one that I can that I could think of, and again, it ties back to losing my dad. Uh, the leader of the band by Dan Fogelberg, which is about a father growing old and dying, mm, and mm-hmm. it came out right around the time my dad oh, died, God. and my dad didn't get to grow old. Yeah. So it it yeah. it does not it it it, it does make me like, cry. There are songs that'll give me the shivers. I was like just gonna freezing. say, do you you get the do you get the shivers from music sometimes, yep. Tim? Yep. Do you get do you get physical? Do you get shivers when you oh, hear sure. your songs? Oh, sure, some great songs. Not everyone does, so yeah. it's it's interesting. Yeah, I I get that a lot. I get that against my will mm-hmm. when I hear songs I don't like, just with certain harmonies. But uh, a song that that makes me cry, actually, a lot of Hamilton makes me cry. Um, but mm-hmm. in particular, uh, the quiet song "It's uptown. Quiet Uptown." Yeah, it's Quiet Uptown will make me cry. Uh, and, and it, it, it it just, it hits me in a certain way. That's just like that. Yeah. I didn't even think about musicals. I know. That's the thing is, is then uh, then if it's musicals, 90% of Les Miserables. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Is the saddest part of that song for you, Molly, when there, it's other people talking about him walking around the town being sad. It's the, or is it his parts? It's the, it's the, like him when he's like. When he when he's holding her hand, when he's he's saying to her, "I don't deserve anything, and I wish he I wish I died instead, yeah. and I wish he could be here instead, but it's me, and I'm sorry." And then it's like she takes his hand, and it's yeah. just that like, oh my god, that like how much how much that must hurt, because it's like she found out he was cheating, and then like I mean in the sense of the musical, it's like minutes later she loses her, her you know and her son and just yeah. all of that, yeah. But no, I, I can cry. I've cried from listening to Madness is um, uh, Madness by Muse. I've I've oh. cried listening to uh, I, I cry listening to you too. I, I cry when a song hits. If there's like a if there's rising action in a song and it gets to like a like that fever pitch, like I will cry. Like I've cried listening to kids concerts. Like it's I I cry to music more than anything. You know what I. I think there have been songs that have had that very like growing intensity rising to like almost like a drop or something like exactly what you're talking about in madness i know mm-hmm. exactly what you're talking about that it, there have been moments like that that have definitely made me well up and and maybe like yeah. squirt a few tears but there's nothing specific i can mention sure, or think sure. of okay and question five what television episode has brought you to tears even though this is my own question, I'm going to cheat a bit because I can't recall a specific time TV made me cry. I know it has happened, but my brain is failing me at the moment, so I'm going to pick a moment of strong emotions. Angel Season 5, Episode 7, Lineage. The moment when Wesley's father points a gun at Fred's head and without pause, Wesley goes from negotiating to unloading a full clip in his dad because he threatened her. <laughs> I shipped Fred and Wesley so hard, I'm not sure what emotion it brings up, but whatever it is, is strong. Was an episode of television that brought you to tears? Uh, uh, the final episode of The Good Place. Oh, yeah. I mean, just yeah. like, you know, hey, Chidi, wait up. Oh, you God. Know? Oh, boy. Oh, Tim, why would oh, you do me like that? Yeah. I mean, man. For sure. For, honestly, like, like, that last season had several. Yeah. Epi- there, was a, there was an episode that was just about Eleanor and Chidi. That had, I mean, I, we, were, oh, yeah. we were both yeah. just the, like or, or at the end of the end of season three, when Chidi's about to, is it, is it, it's the end of season three, right? I think so. When, when he's they're going to put Chidi back into the, yeah. and, yep. and they watch the Chidi and, and, and 
an Eleanor movie. I mean, yep. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of stuff in the, in the yeah. good place that that manages Michael to do becoming that. a human yeah. and getting his and, and and getting to go be a human and like yeah. oh yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. sorry about good place spoilers. But <laughs> uh, mine is uh, the good place is a super good answer and that covers me for sure as well. But uh, the, not the answer I was anticipating giving. Uh, there are a few really, really sad moments in Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Uh, and it's not going to be the one that everyone thinks of because actually the memes from that give me so much joy <laughs> that I can't be sad anymore when the father... Is it the dog girl? Yes. <laughs> that doesn't make me sad anymore. Uh, that only makes me laugh because the internet has ruined my... Uh, emotions for that scene um it is uh, uh, a terrible day for rain there is a character who throughout the series has been showing everyone pictures of his daughter and talking about how much he loves alicia alicia and um and he gets killed in the show mm. and it is a very very emotional moment and there's a character who's kind of like a, an emotional hard ass who's like crying he's talking about how it's such a terrible day for rain and it's like clearly not raining but he's you know covering up for it oh Hugh's death is so sad man man uh uh so the show mythic quest has two episodes that make me cry one of them is a dark quiet death no doubt uh which is uh not about any of the main characters and is instead about doc and beans who are uh, uh, they're a couple, and they they make a game together, and it is just it is about love and relationships and art and creation and things being taken from you and people changing and just all of it. And I cried like a baby when we saw it. But also Mythic Quest, the pandemic episode that they did uh, in between seasons. That episode was so good. It yeah. was so good. And I mean, and we're going to get was, to that. We're going to do a mythic quest. Yes. Episode. But like, but, honestly, yeah. that, that, that is some, I mean, that, that uh, again, TV and song and music is two things that make me cry a lot. I cry a lot now that I think about it, but like, <laughs> not in real life. That's what's weird. When really yeah. like, when real life, sad things happen, I have a hard time crying, but like, um, that, that episode of Futurama, where oh, the, dog the dog waits for him. Jesus it, uh, he has a dog in the in the year two thousand. I waited for you, Fry. That, that waits for him, and then he go he gets you know sent to the year three thousand, and they they he he's thinking about the dog, and then they show the dog, and the dog sits and waits for Fry in front of every pizza. day, and where he always used to see him, and he and they show him waiting and waiting and getting older and older and older until he dies, and it's just like the dog just didn't never knew what happened to you and it's like yes that is true for all the people that loved him too but it's just different with the dog right you like it just you can't explain oh, it to a dog you yeah can't, yeah but those are the th- like I, I think about that and i start to cry but honestly Dude, mythic quest really that dark that dark quiet death yeah. episode really hit did me the cw episode this this season had another episode that kind of stood out did that one affect you the same way or that no because CW Longbottom's a dick. Okay, cool. And and because he like he he 
he like he like was the orchestrator of his own misery. Okay. And Got so it. it didn't affect me the yep. same way. Cool. I just wanted But maybe if I was like him yeah. and I saw myself in him more than I did, but I saw myself in Doc and Beans, you know? Sure. Like I saw sure. I saw that like when you feet when you meet your person and it's somebody who gets all your jokes and you have your own language and they get you in a way that you can't and then like you think about losing them and how that can fall apart and how easy it is for a relationship to fall apart if you Are you, if you Doc or are you Beans? I don't know, man. All right. <laughs> All right. But yeah, that's that's uh, that. So thank you. That's five questions from yeah. Adulterated Evil. And see, those were technically like the same question. The same five question times. five times, but yeah. he, he separated them out. He knew what he was yeah. doing. And, so. and you could you could take uh, a hint or take a, a cue from Adult Unadulterated Evil and send us your five thematic questions if that is what you'd like to do. We would love it if you did. Uh, send them on in. To five questions at geekswithoutgod.com. Hey, if you're one of our patrons, you got to hear this episode early. Uh, it might have been hours early. It might have been weeks early. It's crazy uh, because we usually record a couple at a time. Uh, but if you throw us even just a buck a month on Patreon, you'll get that. And you'll get our patron-exclusive episodes, uh, one of which we did uh, just recently when we recorded together in person for the first time in over a year uh, since the pandemic had begun. Uh, otherwise, uh, we're Geeks Without God. We'd love it if you told a friend about our podcast or uh, checked enemy. us out on Facebook or Twitter and whatnot and followed us or liked us there. Uh, but we'll have a new episode up for you next Tuesday like we do every Tuesday. And we'll see you then. Bye! Bye! Bye. If we don't hit this nitro boost right, not even Superman's gonna be able to save this garden. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. Until next time, you can find us blogging and listen to past podcasts at geekswithoutgod.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at geekswithoutgod. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Sorry, not Alaska, Australia. Alaska. Why did I think Alaska?